No fear. No political correctness. No wokeism. You're listening to Underground USA. Thanks for downloading and listening. My name is Frank Salvato. Before we get to this morning's segment on the Captain's America Third Watch with Matt Bruce, I wanted to touch on something that we talked about this morning, and that is the divide that is starting to foment in the Democrat Party. The neo-fascist left of the Democrat Party, formerly known as the Progressives, which have run roughshod over the Democrat Party for the last at least 30 years, are a minority. They're a vocal minority, they're a bully minority, but they are the minority. Traditional Democrats haven't been represented in their party for quite a while. Now we have a moment in time where their incumbent candidate, Joe Biden, is thoroughly incapable of running for re-election. He was incapable of running for election the first time, but that's beside the point. They have a viable candidate in Robert F. Kennedy Jr. But the hard left doesn't want Robert F. Kennedy Jr. because he's a traditional Democrat. He's not a neo-fascist progressive. So they're floating the idea of Gavin Newsom. If Republicans are smart, and boy, the jury is out on that, they will help facilitate this fissure on the Democrat side. A full propaganda campaign, Republicans talking to their Democrat friends, asking why the Democrat leadership is is tone deaf and literally deaf about Kennedy's candidacy. And they will put them in a corner, so they have to explain why they don't like Kennedy. Because when they have to explain why they don't like Kennedy, they have to admit that they are extremist. No one likes to admit that. This would be the perfect time to give our Democrat, our traditional Democrat friends, an olive branch so that we can get back to government that centers on compromise and not division. Let's help them expunge the neo-fascist left from their party. They never belong there in the first place. They're an infection in the Democrat Party, and they need to be expunged. So let's think about how to do that and do it without the leadership of the Washington establishment, because they want to keep the status quo going. If we want to get the country back to good, we have to do it ourselves. On that note, Be sure to pick up your copy of Nullification, the case for decentralizing the federal government, available in Kindle and in paperback over at Amazon.com. Right now, this morning's segment on the Captain's America Third Watch. All right, well, let's start out with Kyle Warns. Good morning, Mr. Kyle, and welcome back. Well, thank you, Captain. All right, and now we're going to find Frank Silvato up there, probably... Uh, with a with a cold towel around his neck because I think it's going to be scorching up there today. Good morning, Mr. Frank. Mr. Captain. <laughs> All righty. Now, uh, I hate to ask this, but it was pretty warm up there yesterday, and I've got this weather map opened up here. I mean, you guys are like fire engine red all the way through there. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna be in the upper nineties all week long, and with that comes the chance of severe thunderstorms each and every day. So it's, yeah, tis the season to be electrified. Yes, and they were getting them last night up there along the uh, Illinois and Kentucky and 
Indiana border and is still kind of hanging up in there, moving to the east and moving south, as the case may be. Well, Mr. Frank, we had a little little, uh, spy party going on off the coast of Alaska over the last few days with a Russian and Chinese flotilla, joint flotilla, uh, floating around out there with a couple of our big destroyers just kind of saying, okay, boys, this here's the line. Don't cross it. Yeah, that's, uh, well, you know, Russia and China are are flying the flag of the middle finger to Joe Biden sure. and the West. You know, when you don't have a leader for the free world uh, that is willing to show that he has a spine, he or she has a spine, uh, you get authoritarian regimes doing things like this. And Biden is a very, very weak leader. China knows it. Russia knows it. That's why they're pulling all of the things that they're doing around the world. Now, we never used to see this on, at the borders of the United States because our military was was respected and feared by the, by those two countries. They're not today. They see the reports of diversity, equity, and inclusion, and we, we need to have drag queens story hour for this, and we have to have our pronouns correct coming out of the Pentagon, and that they scratch their head and, and giggle and, and laugh. That's not what a fierce fighting machine is supposed to look like. And to have leadership like that at the Pentagon, telegraphing that kind of ridiculousness around the world is an insult to the men and women of the U.S. military who still comprise the most potent fighting machine on the planet. Mm -hmm. So this administration can't end soon enough so that we can restore the dignity of the people who wear our uniform. Mm Now, I don't disagree with a word you said, and uh, I'm, I definitely know that regardless of who comes back, uh, and by the way, there is quite a push right now, um, not in favor of Joe Biden or the Democrats, but trying to figure out who's going to take his place, how they're going to do it, and they know they know that they've got to get their, their act turned around because even the Democrats are shaking their heads at what's going on. But it's starting to hurt them in their wallets. Yeah, and and you have to wonder. And and this is where, and we've been talking about this for years, the Democrats are controlled by the far-left progressive, uh, which which is now literally a neo-fascist wing of that Democrat party. Mm-hmm. If, if they're looking for a, a viable candidate with name recognition, they've got a Kennedy in the running, and they won't give him the time of day. So while they're walking around trying to figure out, well, who are we going to get? Who are we going to get to knock Biden out of the box so we have a potent candidate for for 2024 against the Republicans? It's, you know, here, there's a guy with a legacy. He's got an assassinated president, an assassinated attorney general who's running for president. It's, it's supposed to be almost a royalty name in the United States, and the Democrats want to pretend like he's not even in the race. Yeah. Hold that thought. And, Kyle, we'll be right back with you and with Frank Salvato right after these messages on the Captain's America Third Watch Monday morning edition. Hope you're having a good day. Stay cool wherever you're at. Stay cool. All right. We'll be right back with more. You're in the right spot for tomorrow's news tonight and breaking news as it happens. With retired New York Fire Rescue Captain and World Trade Center attack survivor Matt Bruce right here on the Captain's America Third Watch. Handcrafted exotic blend teas at the lowest shipping cost anywhere. Hi, I'm CJ. 
owner of the Emerald Coast Tea Company. We ship our premium gourmet blends with Sindel, offering you the lowest shipping prices anywhere, while also being carbon neutral. Excellent tea at the right price. Check us out at www.emeraldcoastteacompany.com. Honey, this ain't your mama's tea. I always had to be so good, no one could ignore me. Carve my path with data and drive. But some people only see who I am on paper. The paper ceiling. The limitations from degree screens to stereotypes that are holding back over 70 million stars. Workers skilled through alternative routes rather than a bachelor's degree. It's time for skills to speak for themselves. Find resources for breaking through barriers at tearthepaperceiling.org. Brought to you by Opportunity at Work and the Ad Council. News, insight, passion. AM 930, The Answer. Nullification, check it out. You're going to like it, right? Well, I hope so. I hope it sparks you to want to implement what is what is outlined in the book and, and get in touch with your state legislatures to move the country back to the right direction. Yep, and I uh, will have some books in my hand. So therefore, when you see us down at the gun show in Sarasota on Saturday, I'll have some with me, uh, as well as uh, uh, over at the Tampa Trump Club next week. And yes, they will be for sale, very reasonably priced. Now, uh, Kyle, you had a question for Frank? Yeah, I did. Good morning, Frank. Um, you know, the uh, you were mentioning about um, RFK Jr., for example, um, and uh, that the Democrats have an alternative here. It's either him or it could be somebody else. But what is what is going to be the the uh, the, the tipping point here? Uh, are they are, are the Democrat Party elite? Do you think that they will have a conversation with Joe Biden so so much so that he steps down, or do you think that they want to go the road of primarying him um, if if they even go this direction, or are they waiting for something else to happen? Are they waiting for for Trump to be? Uh, to to really be the nominee before they make a change, or not be the nominee before they make a change. Well, I think they have to go with the uh, with the incumbency, whether whether it's Biden and and his uh, ineptitude or not. I mean, remember, we're not dealing with an individual administration here. I know people want to believe that this is Biden and all the people that he's always known all his life, and they moved into the White House, and there we are. This is Obama 2.0. You, you've got so many people who are in the Obama administration behind the scenes, pulling the strings in his cabinet, in his inner circle. And they have literally executed a third term for Barack Obama. So they're not really upset with the Biden presidency because they're still moving their agenda forward. The the ideological radicalism that Obama brought to the table. So they, they don't mind that Biden might be the, you know, might be the incumbent that's going to run against the Republican nominee rank and file. Democrats are the ones that are saying, Hey, we've got to do something because this is a disaster. The, the neo-fascist left are fine with the status quo. So this is where Kennedy is making his inroads, the fact that he is polling like 
like in the upper 20s, I think it is now, a little little less than 30, uh, with the Democrats, that's all coming from the traditional Democrat voter. So if anything is going to happen where it comes to a head, where there's a radical change, it, it's going to be because there is a fissure in the Democrat Party between the neo-fascist left and the traditional Democrats. And that fissure is long overdue. It's long overdue. The, the progressives, and I call them neo-fascists now because by definition, that's what they are. They have been running roughshod over the majority of the Democrat Party for decades. And, and it's time that the traditional Democrats, both voters and in, in the political circles, start pushing back and putting them back in their place. I, I'm not saying to silence them. I don't, I don't want to cancel anybody. But right now, the radical left is, is grotesquely overweighted when it, when it comes to their influence in proportion to their demographics. And because the media runs interference for them, you're starting to literally brainwash new voters and people who are becoming politically aware in the country to believe that that's what Democrats have always stood for. When, when Kennedy's an outsider, that says something. Yeah. <laughs> Let's bring in a caller here. Begham and Bob, what's going on? Yeah. I just wondered if, uh, assuming that uh, Biden probably won't be the, be the nominee, he won't last until the, the next election, do you think it will be Kennedy against Newsom, and will that be a real big fight? All right. That's it, Cap. Oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah. That's that If Biden, if something happens to him, let's say he gets Clinton. And all of a sudden, it is Newsom against Kennedy. There is your test. Will the neo-fascist contingent that now has like just its talons into the flesh of the Democrat Party mm -hmm. will they prevail, or will traditional Democrats have like a blue dog wave where they push the neo-fascists back to the extreme edge where they belong? So. You know, from a Republican's point of view and a constitutionalist and a conservative's point of view, that's a battle we would like to see because it's going to damage the contemporary brand of the Democrats that is so far left they get along better with the communist Chinese mm -hmm. than the people who are actually believing, believing freedom over here in the United States. Mm -hmm. Well, I got something to say about that, and uh, this is kind of going along with what you're saying. We haven't said much about the generator Generation Zs or the Generation Xers, and there are signs now that the younger generations, as they become a little bit older, are becoming more conservative. Now, more and more recent polling is showing that President Joe Biden, who, of course, is the current frontrunner for 2024, is about as unpopular with the Gen Zers as with everybody else. Just pick a name. Now, young voters are also increasingly dissatisfied with the Democrats, with 47% wishing that there were more than two major parties. And I'm telling you, I've been watching this, I've been watching this, and uh, yeah, there's more Generation Zs that are coming up that could be voters, but they don't vote. Yeah, the Gen, Gen Xers have, have taken a, I won't say a radical turn to, uh, to be more conservative, but they're following tra the traditional trajectory of when you get older, you tend to become more conservative because you know more. You've gathered knowledge about things. You kind of understand the way things work. The Gen Zers, they're the new demographic coming up, and there's a lot of them. But they're apathetic. They're apathetic. 
They, they've gotten everything handed to them, and when they don't get it their way, they tend to pout and just shut down. To finish our little point here, so far, Generation Z has been more loyal to the Democratic Party than any other age group, playing a large role in stopping a projective red wave in last year's midterm elections. Now, older, more conservative generations are dying off, which means that they're speeding up because they're getting more and more people. For example, since 2016, uh, there's about 30% more than what there was right now at that point uh, back before. But like I said, the problem is uh, the analysts have been, been foreshadowing that Generation Z's rise to political power for years doesn't necessarily result in votes. No, and when you only have a quarter of a demographic voting, it becomes neutralized. The Gen Zers actually have a, a, a good reason for being milk toast about the Democrats and Joe Biden. That's because they were promised a package of goods in, in student loan relief that was completely unconstitutional. And it was, don't worry about it. We're going to make it happen. We'll figure it out. Well, the bribe didn't come through. The Supreme Court said you can't just cancel debt. It doesn't work like that. You can't turn loans into grants. That's not what it is. This is a contract. You know, they even kind of alluded to the fact that the federal government shouldn't be in the business of handling student loans to begin with. It should go back to the financial institutions who absolutely wouldn't be doing any loan forgiveness. So, you know, when you when you hear that, hey, vote for me, I'm going to make sure that we're going to erase 20, 30, 40, 55 thousand dollars worth of your debt. And then the rug gets pulled out from under you and he tries to tell you, well, it's not my fault. The the people in, in Generation Z who actually are thinking people said, well, Supreme Court ruled that it was unconstitutional. Maybe you shouldn't have made that promise in the first place. How am I supposed to believe you on anything else? That feeds into that apathy I was talking about in the last segment. Mm -hmm. This is an apathetic group so far. They were apathetic to begin with because Gen Zers were smack dab in the in the in the generational manipulation that said, "Hey, everybody gets a trophy. Everything you do is wonderful. There are no consequences for your actions." And oh, by the way, if you want to identify as a doorknob, go ahead. Mm -hmm. So when they when they become adults, they don't get their way. They don't get the $250,000 a year job. They don't get the automatic house. They don't get to live like their parents raised them in because their parents worked for a living, went to school, paid back their loans, did everything. They get disillusioned and the apathy sets in. And now, because gratuitous politicians are trying to grift off a generation that hasn't been educated in civics, well, now the empathy is going to grow. So I'll be surprised if that 25% doesn't drop down to 20. Mm -hmm. Okay, Kyle, I know you had something you wanted to ask. Yes, um, we heard from Alan Dershowitz here just recently where he's talking about the indictments against President Trump uh, looking more like a banana republic land, basically. And Dershowitz kind of put an interesting spin on it. He said, I have a constitutional right to vote against Donald Trump for the third time. 
and uh, in Dershowitz's manner, he's pointing out the idea that people should have a choice of who to vote for, but yet going after Trump in this way is trying to literally cancel out an entire candidacy. Absolutely, and I agree with him wholeheartedly. And this isn't just one guy's opinion. This is a guy who's a professor emeritus at Harvard Law. His opinion matters. And and the fact that he is calling out uh, Jack Smith on this is telling. And it should be damaging to Jack Smith's credibility. You know, when you look at the four counts, they're all predicated on, well, this is the narrative that we've shopped. Whether it's true or not, it's the prevailing narrative that everybody accepts. And, well, it may or may not have happened, but we're going to see it happening this way. It's a very hollow indictment. And, and he's right. This is what they do in banana republics. People who don't believe that they can win in a, in a Democratic-style election go after their opponents to hobble them with what they believe is the law, to remove them from contention. And that's the point that Dershowitz is trying to make. As Americans, we have the right to vote on this. If the left doesn't like Donald Trump that much, then show up at the polls. Mm-hmm. If Americans believe Donald Trump is that they made a mistake last time and they want to reinstate him, they should have the right to show up at the polls and vote for him. But if you're going to start searching for things, it's the old adage, if, if a cop car is following you long enough, pretty soon you're going to do something where he could pull you over. And when you have an entire special counsel's unit funded by the American taxpayer, by the way, including the millions of people who voted for Donald Trump, their tax dollars are being used to go after him, too. When you've got a special counsel dedicated to, let's see what we can find that will stick, that is Banana Republic. Let me get this out there before we run out of time. Uh, former Kamala Harris staffer, this is a headline story kind of right now on Fox. A former Kamala Harris staffer says the VP is unpopular in polls because she's a, quote, black woman, end of quote. Yeah, they're going to try and play the race card to cover up her unintelligent ineptitude. So yeah, if America doesn't doesn't support Kamala Harris, this one this this aide is trying to say, then you're just racist. Mm-hmm. Are are we done with the race card yet? Everybody rejected CRT except for the hard left. Everybody rejected the sixteen nineteen project except for the hard left, and now they're trying to throw that into your face again. This is a, a boy who cried wolf moment beyond what is acceptable. You know, you, you've got people now who are saying, you want to call me a, waste, a racist? Yawn. Okay. Because they use it for everything. Kamala Harris isn't liked because she isn't qualified for the job. There you go. She's an intellectual midget. Every time she gets in front of a microphone, she just spews word salad. Mm-hmm. And then when she's called on the carpet, like the Santas wanted to do with her about her lie about Florida curriculum standards, mm-hmm. she runs and hides like a coward. Sure. That's not a vice president. That, that's somebody who's occupying the observatory and, and breathing the air that she's not worthy to breathe. Democrats should be trying to figure out how to throw her under the bus, not try to throw out the anchor of racism again, because people are tired of it. Mm-hmm. 
I, I don't know anybody who's who's still debating the race problem in the United States, except for the extreme left who use it disingenuously. Okay, Mr. Frank, we will talk to you on Friday. Have yourself a great day. Stay low, my friend. Alrighty, Frank Salvato and Kyle, you hang in there. We'll be right back with Pastor Kyle. If you like the podcast, please subscribe, leave a rating, and a comment if your platform lets you. Head on over to undergroundusa.com and sign up for our Substack. Come straight to you, circumventing the censors. They can't touch it. And be sure to pick up your copy of Nullification over at amazon.com. Read it, understand it, and then send it on with a plea to a trusted state legislature and ask them to please implement the plan. You're listening to Underground USA. My name is Frank Salvato. I'll be right back after this. This podcast is a production of the Compass Point Group.